Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 359. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we recognize a Memorial Day. Folks, it is the week of Memorial Day holiday weekend. Gotta be a better term for that, but we're gonna stick with that. Um, And so we have planned for you a wonderful couple of conversations curated from the vault here at Fake the Nation. And so I am very excited to present your first segment featuring Paula Poundstone and Ashley Austin Morris, where we talk about uh, the regrets of the dying, which sounds like a downer, but it isn't. Here you go. We looked at a list in Bright Vibes called Top 5 Regrets of the Dying and 5 Ways to Live Without Regrets in the First Place. And I figured we would look at those 5 regrets and see if we were doing any of them. And to join me in doing just that are the amazing comedian and host of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's the wonderful Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. Hey! (laughs) And um, comedian and actor whose album, Slightly Off, you can download immediately. It is the wonderful Ashley Austin Morris. Hey, Ashley. Hi. So this... um, Basically, this piece is about this Australian nurse. She's in palliative care uh, for many, and for many years, she's been asking her patients about regrets and um, what kind of regrets they had before dying. And 
as she started the process, she noticed that there are many, very, very, very many of them that were shared by by a lot of them. So she sort of started tracking them, and she collected the top five regrets. And for, before even add, before we get into the, these five regrets, does this topic stress you guys out at all, or like make you nervous? I was like, ner- I started like I was like felt weird before I started reading the article, as so I was like, oh, I don't want to know if I'm doing these regrets. No, because I know that I want to work more and see my family less. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to regret that. (laughs) She actually uh, worked in Paleozoic care. (laughs) (laughs) One of the consistent comments was uh, that they wish they had eaten less meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Paleozoic Um, care. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the first one. That's, so the top regret was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself mm. and not the life others expected of me. Um, but that basically most people hadn't really honored their dreams um, and and weren't, you know, they were dying knowing that they hadn't done everything that they sort of wished they had done. They didn't make the choices they wished they had in the bottom of their hearts that the way they wish they had made. How does that regret, how do you feel about that regret? You know, remember when Oprah, her show went off the air, I had never seen an Oprah show before, more than a few seconds of any Oprah uh-huh, show before. Yeah. But I decided to tweet her last show, and so I watched it. Now, people tell me that that's not what the other shows were like, um, but the last show was she would she was saying the things that she learned from what was it 25 years of doing that yeah. show and 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 she would show some interview where she had learned this thing and then she would say the platitude right and yeah. uh, it was painful honestly to I thought, all i could think is people watch this for 25 years um but uh, at one point so she comes out and uh, well she i said, did not realize we were gonna just throw oprah under the bus so early in this segment i know <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought that was in when I responded to whether or not I would do the show. I thought I said, if I can, <laughs> if I can, you know, brag on Oprah. Okay, so what she said? She says, "Do what you love," and she had learned this from like some you know some person that like you know did her facials, and the person who did her facials loved doing this. And so this is what this is how Oprah learned do what you love. And she felt the need to tell that to us as if none of us had ever thought of that. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, um, but here's the thing, and I want to say this to the Paleozoic nurse. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say this to Oprah, and I want to say this to, to everyone. Avid listener. Uh huh. If we all did what we loved. There's a lot of shit that wouldn't get done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I hope for everybody that they find a space somewhere, like maybe you're doing a job that you don't really love, but it affords you the time or possibility to do something that you do, right? We all have, you know, some amount of time where we could do something that we enjoy. You don't get, you don't get to build a financial profile out of doing what you love. Not everyone gets to do that. Precisely, precisely. And there are different um, circumstances in different lives that make things uh, right. So I don't think you should feel like you were, I don't think you should come come to the end of your life and go, oh, 
you know, I never built a hotel on that on that island where <laughs> where, where the guy from uh, Shawshank Redemption went. I thought she was saying Epstein. I really did. Okay, go on. <laughs> it's the only island I know. <laughs> Not been there, I but go on. Only there are other islands. I think only. <laughs> Uh, as this has really limited your travel, but I think I've never been anywhere. <laughs> I think the idea of of thinking uh, here's what I wouldn't want on my deathbed is someone coming to me and saying, "What do you regret?" <laughs> a palliative nurse being wanna, a, coming there with a notepad, coming to me and saying, "So you know, so looking back." How bad you fuck up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a scale of oh, one to ten, oh. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, okay. Well, let's look at to me. A successful life mm. is a life where your regret pile is sizably smaller. Yeah. Then you're. I'm so glad I did that pile. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. All. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, Ashley, here's number two on that list. Is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And you mentioned. Okay. No, I wish I could work harder. No, yeah, I wish people would hire see, me more. This is why. Also, us talking about this is kind of absurd because we're all comedians. Right. We kind of like did do the dream, right. the thing that. Not. I look. I'm not saying it's going well for me or anything. I'm just saying like I did do. The, the thing that's like an impossible thing or whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it continues to be impossible but like <laughs> but so it's and and it's weird and I have fucking have a child right and yeah. I but I also like I all I often am juggling this like oh I should I'm working too hard I spend more time with my family but then it's it's also just a weird first world thing because it I'm is. like I also have to pay for some shit yeah so how do you balance you know how do you yeah. balance that or do you is it I mean just I ridiculous? never ex- I'm not even I'm not trying to be funny I never expected anything out of life <laughs> no I'm serious <laughs> and I think that that's a gift from God uh-huh, uh-huh, because people yeah. that expected things are really disappointed right and right. everything that happens to me I'm like that's amazing like I thought I like Dairy Queen was as good as it was gonna get like I really I didn't think anything. This is incredible. So we should all be thinking, have no expectations ever. But not in a like negative way. Like I pray for things and, yeah. I, and I hope for things, but I I don't feel I deserve anything. <laughs> no, no, no. But I don't. I don't mean but that. But not in a bad way. But I'm I don't, just not deserving. But why do I deserve to get to like follow my dreams when somebody uh, when someone else doesn't? Yeah. So I I don't. I really don't mean it in like a negative way. Right, I just right. I don't. I don't feel that I deserve something more than anyone else right and I think that's a gift um again number three Paula I, I'm not sure if this applies to us specifically is that or but maybe it does is I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings I think there's something in here uh, at, for me particularly as the children of immigrants and immigrants who are like not expressive in any way like there isn't mm-hmm. like I actually like truly didn't really know how to say I love you or I'm proud of you to my wow. daughter in Farsi because I didn't ever hear those words. Oh my god! Wow. Which just sounds sad, but my parents were are great. Like my parents are great. They gave me everything. I always knew I had mm-hmm. this incredible support system in them, but they never said flowery nice things. Mm. I say flowery nice things to my daughter all the time, but. I now as an adult I hang out with my parents and sometimes I want to just say to them like 
gosh, like I, I, I blush even thinking about saying it. Like, I love you. Wow. <laughs> like, I it would be very difficult for me to say something like that to my parents. Wow. wow. And I, because we didn't, so, so I, you know, I wonder, so this does apply to me a little bit and just like, I'm an adult now and I realize the power of language and booing someone. Mm. Um, because I always just read between the lines and just understood their love as opposed to like mm -hmm. act, just actively definitively hearing about it. I, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, theories about this sort of thing come and go. Uh, you know, the truth is for, uh, so when, when my kids were growing up, um, I, I think I felt really insecure, you know, about, my, so I, I tended to sort of copy their preschool teacher. Looking <laughs> oh, interesting. Teacher uh -huh. who had all three of my children. And uh, and uh, she was always saying, you know, they, they did a lot of the, you know, thank you for that. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you special? And so I would say that stuff to them. Yeah, I would yeah. say, well, isn't that great? And, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that was never said to me growing up, certainly. Um, but then one day I read, I was on an airplane flying home from a job and it was uh, Southwest Airlines and they had the the magazine and I was reading the Oh the yeah, the article. coveted Southwest Airlines magazine, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there was an article in there about how my generation of parenting had um, uh, it praised our children too much. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and given them the impression that they were, you know, really, really special. And we hadn't, they hadn't developed grit. Wow. Yeah. And I'm reading this article and I was like, oh man, busted. I, I, I absolutely, <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt awful. The minute I got off the plane, I called my kids and I said, I've made a terrible mistake. You're not oh. doing good enough. I said, you are not nearly as special as I Losers. You were. And, yeah. and I think I think on that day, from that Southwest Airlines article, I righted that shit. Um, you know, my, my point is that I think that these things about how you're supposed to do it, they're fads. They come and go. And yeah. ultimately, people have been doing it for generations within a certain margin. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't feel like our generation is any better than the generation before us or the generation before that in terms of mental health. We just we just think about it more. And, yeah. You know, and maybe to some degree, because we have the the, the time to think about it more. I'm not yeah. certain, but I, I wouldn't. I mean, I can see that both things have value, mm -hmm. both the thing where, you know, you do read between the lines and you figure it out. And then the other thing where you, uh, you know what, let me just call my kids right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my mom is like the like I want to loan her out. Like mm. she would love you up and down. Oh, that's and he, true. men, when when my mom used, but but we uh, uh, we call ourselves uh, Lucy and Ethel because we get in binds together. Uh -huh, so we uh -huh. have grit. Like we were always in it together. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't this like I'm gonna guard you from this stuff. It was like what are we gonna do? Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Um. But like she would go when I was a teenager. I would go to like HB Studios or something. I lived here for just a little bit when I was a teenager. And my mom would sit on these park benches. And this was in the late 90s. And gay guys would come out to her. Like she just has this thing of like where yeah, like she will 
like people will just be like, uh, "I love you." Like she's like a mommy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, it's uh-huh. it's very it's very bizarre. So right, and so so final uh, thoughts on regrets on, on pre death regrets. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. I think my I know that my deathbed regret will be that I put away leftovers the night before. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, that is the end of the show. Um, I, uh, I, first of all, um, I just want to thank our panel for being here. They're so wonderful. And what I really want to do is send everyone in Fake the Nation and Fake the Nation land to follow you and, and, and follow all the wonderful works that you do. Paula Poundstone, where do they do that? Uh, let's see. PaulaPoundstone.com is my website. A- a- and uh, at Paula Poundstone is my Twitter handle, which is clever. And uh, <laughs> uh, my my podcast is Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And nobody listens to and see and see where she performs because it's just always a wonderful time. And, so good. Uh, just, and you. you're just one of the best. Yeah. Um, it's and- been so much fun. So much fun. Uh, Ashley, Austin, Morris, where do the people find you? Um, the only thing I uh, really am okay at is Instagram. And I, <laughs> I'm the one without that many followers. So it's Ash Austin Morris. I have a website. <laughs> I don't update it. It's, Me neither. Yeah. Oh, really? I actually <gasps> literally got an email from someone recently being like, your website is a mess. And I feel better. And I was like, Fuck. Yeah, I, really I don't know. To, I don't, I'm so I bad at every. It's terrible. It's like I can't. I can only do so many oh, things. Oh God. Yeah. So, but they should follow you on Instagram, yes. which is more up to Ash Austin Morris, and that's like where I put my shows and everything. And remind us the name of your album. It's called Slightly Off. Slightly Off. And you can folks. get it on Apple Music, but it's also on Spotify. You can uh, wa- watch it on YouTube. Oh, but. folks, see this special because I have seen her perform live. If you haven't done it, uh, you, you're in for a huge treat. Now let's take a quick break. And when we come back, there's more. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. 
to unsubscribe. You don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back. And this next conversation is with Greg Proops and Kristen Conjure, who joined to discuss a 45-year-old tech millionaire who's spending $2 million a year to be 18 again. Check out this conversation. And next topic. A 45-year-old software developer spending $2 million a year to make his body that of an 18-year-old. Uh, to talk about this ridiculous phenomenon, I'm joined by host of the Ladylike podcast, the wonderful Kristen Conger. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Nagin. Hi, Kristen. It's so great to have you on. And we are also joined by host of the Smartest Man in the World podcast and um, a cast member of Whose Line Is It Anyway on the CW. It is the wonderful Greg Proops. Hey, Greg. Hi, Nagin. How are you? Oh my God, I'm so good. I'm so happy you guys are both here. And I'm going to tell you what this dude does with his $2 million a year. Here's just some of the things that this guy does. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. He wakes up each morning at 5 a.m. and he takes two dozen supplements. Um, for those of you who don't know what that means, that's about 24 supplements. <laughs> um, and he microdoses on lithium for brain health. He's vegan. He eats only 1,977 calories a day. That's very specific. Not like a, a rounded up to a 2,000, but at 1,977. Um, he works out for an hour each day, which I actually thought was oddly normal. Um, he goes to sleep at the same time each night, which feels rigid. And what if there's a party? Uh, mm -hmm. I have so many questions. And um, and he goes to sleep every night, like I said, at the same time, only after wearing blue light glasses for two hours beforehand. So he does a lot. That's just a smattering. Uh, what, Greg, what were your thoughts um, on this dude? Well, there was a lot to um, unpack, as we say, in the business. <laughs> for instance, uh -huh. the 33,000 images of his lower digestive tract and um, <laughs> all, all this... Uh, blasts that's real, his by the way. That's real. That was real. That was in the article. Yeah. He blasts his pelvic floor with electromagnetic pulses to improve muscle tone in hard to reach places. And I don't <laughs> wish to discuss the hard to reach places. Um, I felt like uh, it was okay. This is, this is going to age me and probably make you think differently of me. 
there was an author named Ira Levin and he wrote Rosemary's baby. That was his big one. And then he wrote the one that Christopher um, Reeves was in with Michael Caine. What was that one called? Anyway, um, it was that eighties movie where they, they were rivals and whatever. Anyway, Ira Levin wrote a book in the sixties called this perfect day. And it was a utopia set in the future, meaning now in the 20, 21st century. And one of the characters in the utopia uh, is uh, one of the leaders of the world and it's uh, Christ Marx, uh, someone named Wood who's a technologist and this person Way. And Way's still alive in the book, even though he's quite old because he's taken a younger person's body and had his head grafted onto it. And that's oh all I God. could think of when I saw this guy and his electromagnetic pulses and his 35,000 images of his lower digestive tract <laughs> were like, what he'd really like to do is raise yes. a child. Yeah. And then farm that child out from here down. And um, to me, it's the vanity of the rich always. Like, it, it, yes, there's a lesson we should all probably, you know, eat better. Like I eat epic amounts of cake and ice cream, which I should probably <laughs> stop doing, but I don't care. Um and and when if you're taking that many pictures of yourself in any way, even if it is your lower digestive tract, there's something wrong with you. Your ego's you're a little too focused on yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's one thing for say, for instance, um, uh, Vice President Harris or 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 Pope Francis to want to be there for everyone because there's so many people that depend on them, you know, spiritually and or uh, ethically or whatever, or, you know, for, for real actual action. But for him, he's a retired tech bro with creepy long hair that looks icky and his shorts didn't look expensive in the photos. And I thought, okay, so (laughs) all you've ever done is make waitresses cry. Uh That's all you've ever done your whole life. And not pay the chow now guy. Never give the chow now guy a 10. That's all yeah. you've ever done. And now you're taking pictures of your lower digestive tract. So, you know, where's the good coming out of this? Right. I didn't get a That's moralistic lesson. Point. Yeah, I didn't get a like, we should all feel better about ourselves. I got, you want to live forever. And yet you're giving nothing to the rest of us that should make you want to be included in our reindeer games. I think that's, a, I, I think that's the thing is that there's no, um, this is for medical science, right? Because this is a sample set of one. So it's basically useless medically speaking in terms <laughs> of like research, right? You don't, a sample set of one is like nothing. Like you're not doing it. No. Who cares? Um, if you wanted to do something for medical, if you, he would be like, blast the pelvic floors with electromagnetic pulses <laughs> of these 400 people. I'm going to pay for the research. I want to know about electromagnetic pelvic blasting, you know, um, yeah. that's what he would do. So this is nothing. It's like, it has nothing to do with that. It's, and the other thing I want to say about the, the face grafting onto the body <laughs> is that it, the thing that most people want is to look hot in the face. I mean, it's so it's there's that's a problem, Greg. Uh, it's like, <laughs> which is, I, I think I I think most people it's like, no, I think they want the brain, but they just want everything else to look young. You know, they, um, it's, have you guys heard of this whole phenomenon of Ozempic face? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know that like the drug Ozempic. Oh, 
Nagin, you're going to get it stuck in my head. That jingle is so effective. (laughs) It's the most effective jingle of all time. But Ozempic, which, by the way, I never knew what what the commercial was about, just that I knew deeply knew that song. Um, It's about weight loss, right? It's like a drug you take. Oh, no, no, it's a drug you take. It's, it's for, no, it's not. It's for fucking diabetes. And it's got, right? it's, it's gotten co-opted by people who, there's a weight loss effect. So the off-label use of Ozempic is weight loss. And so all these people, especially like celebrities, have been taking this drug. But the other weird thing that it does is that it removes, like you lose also the fat in your face. So you start get, you start looking a little Skeletor-like. And you're, you've got this like hot bod, but like a really like grim face. And um, so then people are going into like plastic surgeons being like, can you put back more face on my face? Because I'm Ozempic face now. And so this is the whole crazy cycle that's happening. Now, um, which I think is a little bit this, you know, you're, Greg has pointed out a shorts issue with this guy. Um, <laughs> well, look, look at like, that photo. No, those, the, the, those you're t- absolutely right. The, he, the, there's no amount of money that can help with taste is, I think, one of the things that we're also learning. Oh. Um, and that, that, the, the wife beater he's wearing. Yes, yes, yes. He does look weird, but I think, you know, I think, I don't know, Kristen, what did you think? Are you, first of all, are you putting aside your two million to do this to yourself? Well, no, but I do have about 33,000 photos of my of my bells as well. Uh, my, my camera roll uh, is, you know, it's don't open my phone. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the first thing I read was, I mean, it does seem highly disordered, you know, uh, I think that's uh, seems kind of obvious. It's like maybe take a little bit of that two mil and get a therapist, um, <laughs> talk through some of this stuff. Uh, and it also seems like, I don't know, Greg, this is a question for you. 18 the 18 of it all really stood out to me like i don't know if that's based on like a great question peak like the the cis males like peak physical like form is at 18 but it seemed i was like oh i think 18 i'm like let it let you let it go a bit longer i would would go like 27 if i was yeah look at you again Right. So I don't know, Greg, is there is there something with men in 18? Can you speak for all men for just a moment? Yes. All, all right, I will. Uh, uh, first of all, my parents left me with poor eyesight, poor hearing and, and a dazzling variety of genetic defects that. Oh, are, that's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so glad they're gone so that I can hate them in absentia. Um, <laughs> when I when you're 18, you can bounce back from drinking. You can stay up all night. You don't really seem to feel anything. You also have that horrible false sense of immortality where you really don't feel like anything bad is ever going to happen to you because you're 18 and you're stupid and you have no life experience. So I think that's where he's coming from. Um, in my experience and, uh, you know, maybe I'm generalizing tech bros are not who I go to for philosophical and, or any kind of intellectual, uh, you know, insight, uh, they, 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 so I'm not certain why he picked 18 other than I guess that's when men, isn't there some sort of idiotic uh, uh, study that was done years ago that 
women reach their sexual peak at like 38 or whatever, and men reach it at 18. But of course, men have no idea what to do with it at 18, which abrogates the whole, you know, really all men should be about 42 and handsome and, and have some <laughs> have some money, right? An interesting sum of yeah, money, yeah, maybe yeah, a nice yeah, yeah, house, yeah. maybe dress well. I think if all women were to gather, they'd say right around there, you know, look right, good, like it, maybe like a little gray in your tongue. Phobia, yeah, yeah. Not fat, but like, you know, considerate, you know, maybe a Mercedes right. or, 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 you know, <laughs> a house with a fireplace and a pool. You know, that that's all people want out of men, really. For us to stop shouting and not live in a double wide and shoot you or live in a weird tower and, and have or a, just like a understand to like do laundry with it with the sheets included. Right. You know, those kind yeah. of things, uh, or maybe take the garbage out without being asked a bunch of times or, mm-hmm. or whatever, maybe listen to other people, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's really where you should aim as a man, that whole, I want to be an 18 year old. I remember when I was 18, I was fairly selfish. It wasn't exactly a high point for everyone in my life. Right. Which again, this is the, for, uh, this man at 45 sounds fairly selfish because this is what he this is the aim. His, his aim is very just centered on himself. One thing I also find interesting is, so this is all regenerative medicine. These are the yeah. experts that he has hired on. And I do think it is interesting to see the anti-aging culture that has up until relatively recently been almost like just laser focused on women that it's coming for men in a way that I I at least have not seen before. And I are you enjoying that it's coming for men and chipping oh, away at their self confidence? <laughs> I have to say no. I mean the the oh. truth is a little bit yes, but That's very but, sweet. No, it sucks. Like because you know, um, and so I have noticed among the tech bro types and even some even some men with extra disposable income that I know who are into this kind of body hacking of like, or biohacking, I think it's called, of this obsession of like not just anti-aging and it's not just like staying subjectively attractive, but it's like an obsession with like, no, you want you want to live forever, which also, I mean, that just sounds horrifying to me, but um, right. yeah. Well, I, 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 I do have to say, you mentioned men grabbing hold of what ladies have been, you know, having to do for a long time. Uh, I have to read the sentence from the piece, which is basically Johnson also undergoes weekly acid peels and laser therapy and has fat injected into his face to build a fat scaffolding Um, The procedure is different from regular fillers because as he, quote, regenerates, new fat will, quote, create fat on its own. So, um, guys, fat scaffolding is all I have to say. Uh, I've been doing it for years. I can show you the places (laughs) on my body where the fat has scaffolded. Uh, Also, I don't know if anyone's ever done fat, um, you know, foundationing because the lower part, (laughs) I've really got some some solid fat. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's taken a lifetime of Oreos and and uh 
I don't know if you like Jenny's ice cream. It's what Speaker Pelosi's favorite ice cream. Very good. A real commitment, it sounds like, Greg, to to fat fat foundationing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I am always on men and, and that's why I'm not popular in comedy uh, because I'm forever (laughs) making fun of men for dressing poorly and behaving poorly. And when I see this guy's hair and those drawstring pants and the money he's spending to and you see his chest in one of the pictures in the article. And it's like, "Mm, dude, honestly, I, I think a coat and tie, a haircut, maybe some sensitivity lessons, you know, Maybe take everyone out for dinner. You know, you yeah. got a lot of money. The yeah. $2 million, you know, like, why don't we all go get Japanese food? You know what I mean? Something what people like, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How come millionaire guys never, they want to go to the moon in a car. They want to wear, what did Bezos, he wanted to wear a cowboy hat and take a shuttle <laughs> with, with Captain Kirk. Why do they never think, what if I made a bunch of people happy? That like never that never enters into anyone's the entire Republican party is based on not thinking about what would happen if we made everyone happy. And uh, I'm never sure where that comes from, you know? Uh, So I feel like he's wasting his money. Someone in the article wrote, Oh, he could be enjoying life. He's incapable of enjoying life. Look at him. Look at his haircut. The haircut is telling you (laughs) that at no point has he made a decision about enjoying anything. Greg, I love your commi- I love your commitment to the haircut and the shorts um, part oh, of this uh, of this profile. Uh, Kristen, why don't you wrap us up with um, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think that Greg, you're absolutely right. And what this fella needs is not he can save that two million dollars a year. Let's just get this guy on queer eye. Ooh. <laughs> you know? Ooh. Right. Yes, and I think that would actually do a world of good. Yeah, yeah. He needs to <laughs> I mean, learn how to make a chicken salad. I bet he can't make a chicken salad sandwich. Probably for not. Everybody else. Yeah. yeah, and I bet you they have not used the term fat scaffolding in any episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, however, stealing it from this episode and using it in my act from now on to absolutely, describe what absolutely. I'm doing. I- with my life. I am go, fat scaffolding. Go see, go see Greg at the punchline next time and expect a fat scaffolding bit. I, I for one, expect it. All right. That, folks, is the end of the show. You are both so just phenomenal. I don't even know. I don't even know. What did I do right in this life? So fantastic. Please um, do, tell the people of Fake the Nation where they can find you and all of the wonderful things that you do. Kristen Conjure, where do they do that? Well, you can go and listen to the podcast on Ladylike, anywhere you find podcasts, and you can follow the show at Unladylike Media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. TikTok? Yeah, Bruh. TikTok. I know. Bruh. I always say it with a little bit of trepidation. I know. I know. You and like really gave a little not. pause before that. And, uh, hey, hey, TikTok. hey, man, I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> you know, it's it just it happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, absolutely. You should be subscribing to this show. It's so phenomenal. I, I've always had a fantastic time um, on Unladylike and listening to Unladylike. And at one point, we even shared a producer. Um, so there's a lot of Fake the Nation Unladylike uh, shared DNA. Um, Greg Proops, where do people follow you and all the wonderful things that you do? Well, I'm on all the apps. I'm on 
butt flip and snack chat and, and <laughs> backflip and uh, a lot of the really good apps. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dick Nip, I think, is one of them. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> No, gregproops.com. I, I do stand-up uh, and I do improv with the group Who's Live anyway. And I have a podcast with my wife called The Smartest Man in the World. And we also have a film club that Jennifer curates. So th- there's all that and that's all at gregproops.com uh, and, and like that. And that is the end of the show. Folks, I hope you had a really wonderful long holiday weekend. I hope you are kicking off the summer um, so far, wonderfully, it's my favorite season. So I hope it's full of beaches and sun and um, suntan lotion and flip flops. And in the meantime, I would like to just remind you, if you want to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Again, that's patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Um, for as little as $4 a month, you can get bonus episodes of the show. And um, I want to remind you to post your reviews to Apple Podcasts because it really helps people find the show. And I would love to thank all the people that make the show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic music was written by Gabby Alter. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum who makes the show a possibility. And um, if you have any thoughts at all whatsoever, you can reach us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear all of your ideas for panelists, for topics, for recap shows. Um, Hit me up. Otherwise, we'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.